What's up, everyone? Uh, I want to start off the podcast by addressing the elephant in the room, because although we are a football podcast, there is an issue that affects every aspect of our lives, including football, especially football, honestly. Uh, We, as a podcast, wanted to unequivocally show support to our Black brothers and sisters out there by saying Black Lives Matter. It's without a doubt much more difficult to make it in this world if you are Black. And we're not here to offer solutions, but all three of us believe that some change needs to happen. If that makes you feel uncomfortable, good, it should. This is not an easy topic to discuss, but it also can't be left unaddressed. It's gone on for too long without being addressed properly and adequately. I'm truly proud of my generation and have a lot of hope that these issues will be addressed in due time. You know, we're living in truly, we're truly living in historical times and I really can't wait to see what happens. So with that being said, let's get into the actual uh, topic of discussion, right? Zach, you wanna? Oh yeah, the Romans Empire Mm -hmm. pod is back, baby. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're gonna change up the tone a little bit um, because we, we have so much to talk about. We got football coming back. We got possible transfers. We got transfer rumors. I mean, what a time to be alive, guys. <laughs> I feel like I feel I feel like I've been living under a rock the last three months. Nothing's been it's, going on. <laughs> it's somehow June. Yeah, right. That's crazy. I know the year's almost halfway done. It's uh, it's actually International Sex Day today too. Oh, six nine, <laughs> nice. Yeah, Dope. Is it actually a thing because it's six nine. Well, that's, well, that's exactly Brooklyn, why. In that's Brooklyn, awesome. it's International Snitch Day. <laughs> King of New York. <laughs> you know something even funnier? Either way, I'm not celebrating. So cheers to those who are. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, you can celebrate by yourself. It's very possible. It's all right. You know, I, I got a fiance that's about an hour away, so. <laughs> yeah, I got, a, I got a date tonight with Pamela Henderson. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Oh, man. It has been too long. Huh? <laughs> I know. It's been, it's been weeks since the last time we talked, and there's been so much change. Uh, let's start off with the return of football. Obviously, that's the most amazing part uh first match will be june 21st or june 17th 20. i think right for us i think it's the oh 20th. for uh, right, right, right i'm talking about just the first premier league match yep june 17th yeah. and our first match june 20th i believe no 21st yep. 21st against villa sunday the 21st unless this article is wrong i'm looking at right now no so, no so we got uh and what is it? Three matches in ten days. Four. Four matches in ten, eleven days. We got City coming up after that. Uh, I'm just scrolling through West Ham, and yeah, it's gonna be it's it it's much much needed. Uh, like just like a complete immersion in football, like almost every day. Well, I think they are gonna play every day. Uh, so it's going to be incredible. Uh, I think almost every game will be televised as well. Uh, so all that time that we had uh, with nothing is going to be made up for. Um, it's it's basically March Madness for football. Yeah. But it's going to just be game Cup. after game after game right. after game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the World Cup. 
I mean, and we're gonna have that with basketball too coming back. Same thing. Like it's just it's been it's gonna be an amazing time for sports. Um, obviously, there's a couple of changes we gotta discuss. Um, they have up they up the number of substitutes per team per match from three to five. Um, but those moves can only be made in three increments. Uh, so you can only make three subs, but sub in up to five players. Uh, it's a little bit confusing, but you know, any, any cheeky uh, plans by any managers to use all five subs individually in stoppage time, not going to happen. Mourinho. Uh, <laughs> you want to bet he's going to be the first one to try it? Yeah, he'll try, but uh, it won't happen. <laughs> but, uh, and then what else has been – oh, now squad sizes have been increased to 20, so there's going to be nine on the bench. Um, and uh, – Possibly some matches being played on neutral venues, um, including, I think, a main concern is trying to have a couple of Liverpool's earlier matches because I think they're going to tie up, officially finish up that title win like pretty soon, relatively soon. I don't know how many matches. Two matches. Exactly. A a six-point swing. So if City loses somehow to Arsenal and Liverpool wins this first game, it's done. Yeah, so I think they're trying to avoid having that being played at Anfield or anywhere uh, close to Merseyside because they don't want <laughs> their fans <laughs> showing up because it's, it been, it's been 20-plus years in the making. So uh, obviously they're going to so, – So what you're saying is that Liverpool is trying to walk alone? <laughs> oh, they're attempting no. to walk alone. Andres, that is so good. They're going to be right in their wow. comfort zone. I love that one, Andre. Um, all right, any, thank you, thank any, you. you guys want to say anything about that? Sure. I'll, I'll t- kind of take lead on this mm-hmm. one. This is probably the perfect time for an increased bench for us because everybody is healthy. So there's no need for us to be not only worried about the starting 11, but who makes the bench. We should see our bench include the likes of Gilmore, Loftus-Cheek, uh, if I, I don't see why Pulisic wouldn't start, but let's say Cho's on the bench, Pedro, Giroud, and Mishi. I mean, we we should have a little bit of everything going into every match day. Will um, Cho and, will Cho be available? We haven't had a podcast since the incident. I don't think. Um, I mean, no, we actually. I, I, I didn't but, even think about that. Let's. Everyone knows by now. Cho is right now being investigated for a rape allegation, which is not a. What do you, how do you say it? Like a light subject. Mm-hmm. But the thing I do want to say is, you know, it's crazy the way things are done in, in across the pond, basically, because Messi, Ronaldo, these guys are doing like federal crimes like tax evasion and they're still playing matches. So I want and also within our own team, wasn't Drinkwater and Barkley both caught drunk driving or, or doing things like that? And they still were on the team. So. Unless we hear otherwise, I think he's part of the team. I mean, he's practicing, so yeah. See, I mean, that's that's the thing. He's practicing, but I think obviously what he did is the severity of that crime is is completely different than you know drunk driving or tax evasion. And I think like if you know obviously him dealing with like legal troubles, keeping him out of the game, like that's one thing. Like if he has court dates or like you know he gets convicted, yeah. whatever, that's one thing. But you know, it's possible that the club you know, want, you know, as far as like PR wise, not wanting to play him um, just because it might not be the best look. 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, thankfully I'm not the one making those decisions. So, but I think that's something to think about as a possibility. I mean, the one thing we haven't mentioned is, you know, I mean, we're going to get to, you know, who next, but <laughs> we, we, we've been linked to another young winger also in Germany and, <laughs> and, and you just kind of have to take a step back and think, okay, well, we already got three or four guys that could play there. So are we looking to replace him? Are, are, are we looking to move him on? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. But personally, from my point of view, if I'm the club, I don't play him. I just think that's a bad PR move. Um, and, and especially, you know, in Frank's tenure, since it's still so early, I think I think a decision like this, he has to treat very delicately. But at the same time, I think Frank is professional enough to understand um, what the right decision to make in that situation is. So I'm not, I'm not too fussed about it, but. And also, also to add, I mean, we're not in a position where we are in need of wingers this season either. Like we yeah. have a lot of guys who can step in that position. So it's not like a huge detriment to leave them off uh, the team sheet. Right. Um, so I think that's also something they're going to consider, but I mean, where's the topic? Well, well, where he's at now, I mean, there's, just the allegations are out there, right? He's being investigated. I haven't he looked hasn't, too much into it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I'm interested in, is like how long do those proceedings usually take? Is it something that can possibly interrupt, you know, yeah, half or the too. whole of next season yeah. or even the season after? I mean, we don't know. Um, so if, if anyone's listening in the UK, I'm curious to see, to, to hear your take on it. Um, I know here in the US... Um, I mean, we've had our fair share, but the 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 hand of God punishes pretty swiftly over here. Yeah, so it's I'm quick. curious like over teams, there. Teams yeah. avoid even talking about it by just, hey, you're suspended until this is done. Deal, yeah. deal. Like that's it. But like again, different player, different profile. But Cristiano went a whole season of still playing with Juve amidst yeah, right. his allegations mm-hmm. coming out. So that's why I think I, I'm not really gonna think too much on it. Again, I'm not saying that. He's, you know, safe from anything. If if he committed the crime, I hope he's punished for it. But yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that I don't think – I think it's a, it's different over there than it is here as to how teams handle it because we haven't seen anything on it, like from the club, from anybody. Like, that, that's it. So um, – but, yeah, like, I think our bench is going to be really full. I think you'll see potentially – some of the academy players getting runs at, in the bench, whether it's Matson, whether it's Andrian, like I think we'll see a lot of variety as to who's going to make the bench, especially with four matches in ten days. If rotation was ever needed, it's it's probably now more than ever as we continue to fight for top four. And honestly, like we uh, we uh, you know talked about like adding more players to the bench. We were going over like what our best eleven would be next year. Hopefully they can add a 12th player to start for us because we just don't know. <laughs> There's just two. We're gonna have so we're gonna be so stacked next year. Like we might need a 12th player to start. <laughs> I, I'd like to see. <laughs> I'd like to see Broha get a get a spot on the bench. Yeah. Towards the end of the season, we'll I really like the way he looked. He already was getting some. I know it was because of injury, but I mean, he looked good though. He spun a defender, ran into the channel. I mean, that was. He looks like he has it, but again, like we haven't seen much of him. Mm-hmm. The one I'm curious about is Tino Andrin because the club's been mm-hmm. working for a while on that contract extension, and they finally got it over the line. Yeah, I think it was uh, in the Red Bull just uh, uh, 
group chat yesterday. I forgot who asked, but somebody was asking about the 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 profile of Tino Andrin. Yeah, and it, I like the look of him. I mean, he's he's very RLC esque, even in the way that he can drift out wide and play like on the wing areas, and just sort of be like this marauding runner. He he can be a, a great addition to our squad also. Yeah, that would be awesome. I think I think seeing the youth uh, will be really cool uh, the rest of the season. All right, let's talk about you know Zach alluded to it earlier without really dropping his name, but Timo fucking Werner, baby. Timo Werner. Jawohl. I mean, all the way. I, he's one of my. Ya? How do you say ja in German? Jawohl. Jawohl means like hell yeah in German, pretty much. So, Javor, that's how you say it. But it's like, I mean, Timo Werner. What? Okay, it's just me, so let's go. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, Timo Werner has been the guy that all of us, especially, I think, Andreas especially, have been drooling over. And I think we all kind of lost hope. It was kind of already a lost cause. Like, all right, he's off to Liverpool. Like, realistically, if you're looking at it objectively, like, you know, they got the German connection with Klopp. Uh, and obviously Liverpool right now is the better squad. Um, but Liverpool reportedly didn't want to bring on his salary. Um, the Fenway group that owns him, uh, I mean, that owns him, <laughs> owns Liverpool. They, uh, I think they're kind of tight on cash right now and don't want to increase their wages. Um, you know, he, he had a, he had a buyout clause right? What was it? Uh, 53 million pounds, 60 million euro. Um, so I, I don't think that one was uh, the issue for Liverpool. Um, you know, it's, it's also reportedly that Liverpool wasn't willing to match the clause, even though they have been offered the player, you know, they offered the player 50,000 pounds more per week. So, you know, it's, I've heard both. Um, so no one really knows what happened, but at the end of the day, they didn't pull the trigger, and he fell to us. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, it, and the, the, the messed up thing is it's not even official yet. Uh, but according to everything that we've seen, it's pretty much essentially a done deal. Um, this season, Timo Werner has 31 goals and 13 assists in all competitions. Uh, in the Bundesliga specifically, uh, in 30 appearances, he's had 25 goals, 8 assists. I think 25 is second most in the Bundesliga right now uh, behind Lewandowski. Uh, Let's get your thoughts on this signing. Andreas, I'll start off with you because this is your boy. This is just like, you know, when people are like, why the hell are you even mentioning a player? We're not even linked to him. It just made so much sense to me. Just so much. For one, I I always thought that we've had – Right now, we have wingers that are really good at playmaking. They're really good at setting up. And that's great. But we only had one guy finishing, and that was Tammy. So I've always thought, we don't need a a second winger that's going to do the exact same thing and beat a player and and spam crosses. We need somebody else to make those runs into the box. Something kind of like our version of Mohamed Salah. And I always pitched Timo Werner over... Jaden Sancho, even when the Jaden Sancho rumors were like mm-hmm. the thing online, because it's he's cheaper, obviously. He's been 
proven for years now. I think it's now three seasons that he's been in everybody's radar. And he can do both. He can be the winger. And when Tammy needs a break, oh, well, you slide Timo Werner up front. It's just a matter of how we play as a team. You have, whether it's Ziyech or Pulisic being the guy that's going to set up the crosses. And then you have Tammy, who's already there while Timo is making that late back post run or anything like that. That's just kind of what dreams are made of. Or or to just go through Tammy alone. Tammy has, has been improving his his play with a back to goal, even if he kind of misplaces a pass, we have not had a guy as quick as Timo Werner who can adjust mid-run and still beat a defender to that ball and be clean on goal. I, I'm excited. This is the closest thing. And, and this is going to be a say very it, big shout. This it. is the closest thing say. that we've had to Drogba and Anelka where we have two Ooh, forwards there it is. that can break the 20-goal mark in the Premier League together, mm-hmm. and I'm just ecstatic. I I dreamt this for so many months, even prior to the January window, saying how this is the guy for us, and uh, it's just like kind of like how when you jokingly added Ziyech to your career mode, Sam, like months, way before it was all <laughs> said and done. That's how I feel with this one. It's like it just made so much sense to me to add Timo Werner to the mix, and for Lampard and Peter Cech to go out there and college recruitment style just woo him with the mm-hmm. the project and what we can do Brought out and the big guns yeah peter check speaking in german and like <laughs> i mean it's frank also. lampard yeah you got you got agent rudiger over here it's just like oh i'm glad we rolled out the red carpet i am beyond ecstatic for the official announcement to come out i i I mean, I know it's still not official, but it's done. Like the yeah. amount of of sources that I've talked about it, you're you're basically already a lawyer, Sam. There's paperwork that needs to be drafted. Like it, it's mm-hmm. all verbally agreed, but I'm sure the paperwork takes a while. So I'm uh, I'm excited for this. Well, I know that um, I know Chelsea has to meet a deadline sometime in June before his release clause expires, um, or else. Um, Leipzig could start shopping him around to other clubs as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so so we got to get that deal done sooner rather than later. I mean, the way I'm looking at it, guys, between Timo Werner and Hakim Ziyech, that's about 86.6 million pounds. That's equivalent to 6 million pounds less than one Harry Maguire. So if you take mm-hmm. about an inch more. off of Harry Maguire's forehead, six that is what more. we're getting. Yeah, 6 million more, excuse me. <laughs> um, but you want to talk about good business this is something that we haven't talked about specifically with chelsea in a very very long time in terms of buying players our good business is not done buying players it's done on selling these guys but the fact that we brought in two possibly world-class ready-made players that are ziek is in the peak and timo Werner is still only 24 so there's still a lot to come from him it's 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 showing incredible ambition on our club's part and andres you hit it the fact that lampard and peter check went out there says so much i can't i don't think it could be understated and or overstated enough the impact that frank lampard has on this generation of footballers specifically i mean they grew up watching this guy and idolizing this guy he is not only a chelsea legend he's a he's a footballing icon globally so that i mean his pull is proving itself our first two marquee signings were outside of the country 
I mean, that should tell you something. We brought a guy in from the Netherlands and a guy in from Germany. It's 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 incredibly exciting, and 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 you know the whole Drogba Nelka combination thing, spot on. I mean, Timo Werner is one of those players that can pretty much play anywhere across the front line. This season, he's been deployed on the left hand side. Um, he likes to tuck in. He loves that curling. Um, he loves that curler right outside the box. Incredible pace. He dropped. He's been dropping in deep this season. Julian Nagelsmann even said it. Um, I should have put the, I should have put the quote in here in the script. I don't know why I didn't. But Julian Nagelsmann did an interview. Um, it's on the Bundesliga website if you guys want to check it out. But um, he basically said how impressed he's been with the way Timo Werner's accepted all the challenges head on this season. Nagelsmann has basically pulled him out from the central areas of the pitch and the last line of defense to playing in between the lines and more particularly like on that left-hand side, as I was saying earlier. And he sort of became more of a, more of a playmaking role. And uh, Sam, I, I, I think, I think you should read this quote because it just kind of fits in perfectly with what I'm trying to, to yeah. get across. This is a quote from Timo Werner talking about his own playing style. He says, I think that assists are one of my strengths. You're always defined as a striker by how many goals you score. But now I play a new position under the new coach uh, I'm playing almost as an attacking midfielder, which means I've got to play like the others do, like Fosberg, Savitzer, Nkuku, and get assists, you know? So, uh, I mean, just <laughs> those are that's the kind of stuff you like to hear. Um, it is, it is, especially from somebody that's coming in who fans th- – I mean, when that signing first came out, what was the first thing that came to your mind? Because for me, it was goals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking goals. This is exactly the void we needed to fill, like Andres alluded to. But the fact that we're getting a guy that's so focused on other aspects of his game, you know, and is so willing to learn. And it's obvious. he's It's very rare where star players name drop a coach um, in the middle of, you know, uh, basically uh, uh, gassing themselves up, for lack of a better term, right? But this guy loves to learn and, and he loves to adapt his game. And that's something that Frank Lampard needs. He needs sponges to absorb his knowledge and, and to get his idea of football down. I, this is just the perfect signing. And and I almost want to go back and find that pod where we, where I, I don't know who asked it to us. It was one of our Twitter questions. It said Jaden Sancho or Timo Werner. And I remember saying Timo Werner. I'm so glad I did. Mm-hmm. Hey, I am just so glad I did. So do you Bang think, for your buck. Do you think that the Sancho prospect is now completely out of the window or like is that still a possibility because you know now there's... i Go ahead. i think so but that's for the next rumor if mm-hmm. we want to hold on to that like i think my th- reasoning behind that is should i just go ahead and say it yeah we're gonna get into yeah, that go for yeah. it okay so i think officially the sancho chase is done because we've now shifted our focus to another german player in kai havertz so, and by the way, I these are my something. two favorite German youngsters right now. And the fact that we're linked to both of them, it makes me, I can't even explain it, bro. My yeah. mind is blown. Uh, again, another player that right now, he's technically a natural number 10. Leverkusen has played him as a striker as well. Um, yeah. So he's usually central, but we can rock the 4-2-3-1. I mean, again, uh, he's been ch- chased by Real Madrid. Manchester City, and apparently we're in the front seat for his signature right now. The The sporting director was asked about the Chelsea rumors, and instead of saying there is no conversations, his answer was, we're trying our best to hold on to him, which says that 
he's obviously being shopped around. Don't, like, don't do this to me. I'm sorry. I'm just saying. Like, don't that's just the truth. No, the one thing that I do want to say that's hilarious, though, because of these two rumors, there was a count on Twitter who has a blue check mark that jokingly said that because we're targeting Werner and Havertz, that by 2021, Nagelsmann would be our coach. It's that's a total joke, but now with the sun and these like low live newspapers are commenting like Nagelsmann targeted as the next Chelsea manager. Get get that out of here. Like that's not happening. Like that, People, that's not happening. It's almost like they forgot why we have Frank as our manager. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, like I said, I think we got turned off by the Sancho price. Uh it must have been over triple figure like three figures. For, sure. for us to switch because Havertz is priced at around 75, yeah. which don't get me wrong. It's still going to be a record signing for Chelsea. He would be a few million more than Kepa, but that's half as much as the potential price that Sancho would have cost for somebody who's younger than Sancho with just as much, if not more potential. So, I mean, it, it's good business. If it comes through, I think it's also smart because again, if you got Werner, there's no need for San- Sancho also because if you get both, then the conversation of whether you start Timo or Abraham becomes a, a, a potential you know, topic of discussion. But yeah, that's why yeah. I think that the Sancho rumor is pretty much dead. I think the question is, do you want to see the Sancho rumors? And my answer is no. I don't want to see those rumors anymore. I think that there's two rumors I don't want to see anymore. I don't want to see Ben Chilwell's name anywhere at all. <laughs> And I don't want to see Jadon Sancho's <laughs> name anywhere at all. And, and it, Coutinho goes without saying. But those are two names that we've been seeing, you know, time and time again linked to the club. I think the reason why we backed out of the Sancho deal is, like you said, Andres, it's just too fucking expensive. I mean, we're getting – if you look at the uh, – 86.6 million pounds could get you Timo and Hakim Ziyech. Sancho is reportedly – around the 160, 150 million pound mark, you can get two Timo Werners and two Hakim Ziyeshes for the same price. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just it doesn't make sense financially. And and to be honest with you, if I'm Jaden Sancho, if you're not going to go to the Premier League team that you want to go to, you still have time. You could stay at Dortmund and make a title run next year. You have an awesome team. He hasn't had a full season yet with Holland. So we can't forget that either mm-hmm. because... They're both nuts. So so they could both be putting up 30-plus next season. Who knows? But I, I just don't want to see that name. And going to the Chilwell thing, the price was absolutely ludicrous. The second I saw that Tagliafico was going for almost, what, a third of that? Yep. Is that, is that even a question? Mm-hmm. You know? It, or, or Teo Hernandez. Is that even a question? I mean, we could get these guys at a fraction of the price. I think the club has genuinely changed their transfer strategy, and and I think Peter Cech has just kind of come in, and 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 him and Lampard have just kind of come in and said, hey, we're going to focus on young players who come at really good prices, and that's it. We're, we're not going to go after anybody that's over – we're not going to go after any panic buys. We're not going to be picking up any you know, 40, 50 million pound 30-year-olds. 29 year old it's not happening we're picking up these young guys at great prices we're just gonna we're gonna completely operate solely in that market space and i think that's the smartest route especially right now and 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 to be honest with you i think chelsea are ahead of the curve here they're 
we don't have as much money available to us as we did before the COVID situation. I don't think any club does. But the fact that Chelsea's already getting the legwork done and sealed possibly two of the biggest bargain buys of the summer is absolutely phenomenal. If we only get one more signing from here on out, I'll still consider it an A window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to say, like, in terms of the money, I mean, we've luckily had money in the bank because this, mm-hmm. the, the Werner transfer is completely funded by the Murata exit. Like, literally, the numbers are almost the exact same. Uh, was, Ziyech was, like, what, 30-something? So that, that's basically, what, our TV earnings plus Champions League qualification from last year, which we couldn't spend in the summer either. So We still right got the Eden now, Hazard money. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Like, we're, we're not done. I think, I think that, yes, we're, we're going to get a left back this window, and I think that's probably realistically speaking as far as we'll get but you're right i mean i know recently a quote came out with ashley cole saying that chillwell's the real deal and whatnot and you you hate to disagree with ashley cole but i still think that we have other issues where the bigger money needs to be spent and i think that tagliafico versus chillwell is they're so alike that you take the cheaper guy i mean i i want to even argue that they're almost the same age so whether it's i i, I don't think, i think not a little buying it. Maybe, yeah. maybe he is but because of what we've accomplished this season we're also not struggling for homegrown players right now if you told me that's what the issue was i'd be like screw it pay the uk visa fee on Chilwell so that we don't end up buying another drink water that just rots in the bench like yeah. that's the only thing i could see but we injected into the squad Tammy, Mount, Reese James, and Tamori, who are all contributors on a week-to-week. That's four players in the homegrown side that we didn't have before that are going to be here for a while. So, again, I, I don't get the math there. At the end of the day, if we do sign Chilwell, or like as long as we sign one of the two, because I'm also tired of how many names. I'm, we look like <laughs> – have you seen the – I hate to to venture out so far, but you know the Cleveland Browns meme with the guy that crosses out a quarterback name and adds the next one, crosses it yeah. out. The next. That's how we've been with our list of targets for left back. So I really just want to get it over with. I feel like either of these guys are going to be our left back for at least the next five seasons, which is longer than any other left back has been the starter since Ashley Cole left. Mm-hmm. So I'm like honestly just over – that position as a target requirement, like a transfer requirement for us. So again, prefer Tagliafico. I'll settle for Chilwell. Hey, just so you know, Tagliafico turns 28 in two months, so he's not. You know, he's. I think Chilwell's 23 years old, 24, turning yeah. 24. So he's obviously got four years on him. Even um, even the price ta- even the price Tagliafico's at for his age is still reasonable for I a guy agree. that has Champions League experience. And I mean, let's I, let's be honest. I think as a one v one as an actual defender, I think Tagliafico is a better player. But going forward, I mean, Chilwell is obviously more efficient. And the experience but, with Ziyech too. You know, they play yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. probably not going to be the deciding factor, but that's just another thing to account for. Um, yeah. And I mean, going back to Sancho, like. I won't give up hope on it because I, I I know you might not have meant it when you said it, Andreas, that you think that Havertz might have more potential than him. I mean, 
he's not even 20 years old and he already has 50 plus goals and assists Jaden Sancho in his career um, which is like unbelievable um, to do by that age uh, I think his ceiling is one of the highest in the world um, and I think that is the reason why the price tag is so high but a lot of times the price tags do end up being like an, an inhibitor on like the actual player's performance you know you always look at that price tag like look at the price tags are also influenced by their passports too and their contract. If you're gonna sell, if you're of gonna course. sell Jaden's, if you're, right. if you're, if you're Dortmund, you have all the leverage and bargaining power. If you're talking to a Premier League club, they're in a they're in a very very unique position, probably a position they won't be in again. They have mm-hmm. a young English guy that every single club wants. That's and, and and I think if you know, to be honest with you, if Manchester City didn't have the transfer ban, I think they would have been the club to go in for him. I don't Direct think he wants to go back though. Yeah, I don't think he wants to go back. I was going to say also, and, and this is me just based on what I've seen. Obviously, if you sell, like from the German league perspective, you have an English guy. He's only going to go back to England. And, and I say that because I don't know if it's a cultural thing or maybe it's a lot harder to make that transition. But English players don't do well in Spain culture, culturally. like. Let's just talk British about Gareth. In general. Yeah, yeah, Gareth Bale. Fantastic yeah. player, has won everything, yet he is completely hated in Spain because he refuses or is just not taking the time to learn Spanish. Yeah. Meanwhile, let's put it into perspective. Same a guy is, is in his team, Tony Kroos, complete different situation. German guy has learned his Spanish. Like I think Dortmund knows that there are English teams that want Sancho, whether it's Chelsea, whether it's United. And because, again, on top of that, the UK, the fact that he's from England, you can slap $50 million more. Kai Havertz, he's German. Yes, he hasn't been in our radar as long, but he's now the youngest player to reach 35 league goals in Bundesliga history. Mm-hmm. And again, like the fact that in less time in the limelight, I guess, he's being already talked about as like a Real Madrid starter. That's why I'm making the comparisons that they're either like on par or that this kid may have something else that we're just not aware of. Yeah, and I think also the um well the one thing about Havertz also is like I think that uh Bayern is in huge demand for a guy uh either playing on the wing or at the ten right now. Um with uh, uh what's his name? Uh who's their winger right now that Leon Bailey? No, not Bailey. Bailey plays. Leon Bailey doesn't play. No, not at Leverkusen. About... I'm talking about at at Jordan. Bayern. Yeah. No, at Bayern. Or... Did I did I not say Bayern? Bayern. Munich. My bad. Are we Nabry and Coman? Uh, no, I'm not talking. I forget the the Eastern European guy. I'm forgetting his name. But anyway, like I just think that they have a, they have a hole for that position. So I think that they are the more likely team to spend more for him. Um, again, you know, like the same kind of argument could be made about Jen Sancho wanting to be, um, uh, you know, I mean, the English clubs wanting to sign him because he's English. I think that a German club would probably pay more for a German player. Um, but who knows? I, I would love to see him come on. But we have, we have oh. interest. Yeah. Oh, okay. You could hear me. Good. Yeah, I can hear you. Um, so 
the whole Kai Havertz thing. I mean, the the money that's been floating around is around that seventy million mark. I mean, do we think that's a realistic option in terms of can that deal get done for that for that amount of money? I I just feel like there's going to be a lot of other clubs that are going in for him. It's going to turn into a bidding war. I don't see him going for anything less than I don't know, give or take. Five million pounds near a hundred million pounds, right? I'd say between a ninety-five to a hundred five mark. I I honestly think that we have a good chance at that seventy-five million mark, and I say that that's like again because of the transfer ban. It's crazy to say that something so shitty that happened to us is now like the best thing ever because it's (laughs) It's money untouched. It's been, I mean, it's. (laughs) Well, it's been untouched. Like, everybody yeah. else had windows. Madrid signed more young players. They, like, if I'm trying to think of the, the juggernauts that are competing with us, those juggernauts also have way heavier contracts among their 22-man squad than we do. So, you have to remember, you take on a transfer fee and the weekly salary. So, I I think we stand well in that because we're also going to be getting rid of heavy contact contracts. Pedro, William. Uh, potentially Mishibashuai, like the list goes on of players that Bakayoko maybe to West Ham. I mean, players who have a big wage bill are no longer part of this squad. And the players that are here are young players who just got their first major uh, pro deal. So they're already tied down to the next, for the next four or five years. So we're not looking to like restructure our, our kind of wage balance. We can add to it. Yeah, I got I got an interesting question here from uh, N Ward. Um, he asks, so Ziek, Werner, now the rumors of Chilwell and Havertz. What, if any, insight do these signings or targets say about Lampard's tactical plans? Uh, if you guys want to have your thoughts on that, Zach, you want to start off? Yeah, um, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I, I I think the club has just completely shifted its focus in terms of the transfer business based on what Lampard's needs are. If they're going to build a, a squad around him, it only makes sense to bring in young players who are willing to learn and adapt to the way that he wants his team to play football. So it's, it's, it's incredibly refreshing to be linked with these young guys. Um, I think the days of being linked with uh, Ashley Barnes and... <laughs> Peter Crouch. And Peter Crouch. And yeah, uh, it, I, I, I just have a feeling those days are long gone at this point. It's There's too many smart people in and around the football club for that type of nonsense to come about again. And I think I think Roman is really reaping the benefits of giving Peter Cech that, uh, that's, that position. Um, you know, he's we haven't had a technical director for, what, two years prior to that? And we saw what happened. I think Danny Trinkwater and Bakayoko and I, th- I think those guys were the last – were basically the straw that broke the camel's back. And, uh, you know, th- this new shift is exciting. But, again, we can talk about how, how we're going to look or how we're going to play next season or whatever, but there's still a lot of holes in this squad. And I think that's that's the overarching theme that we haven't really touched on here is – you know, we talked about Chilwell and Tagliafico, but the need for a left back is way more apparent than the need for another winger or 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 another player in a different position. Um, I the way I see it is not only the young players thing. I think 
it's it's been coming out recently that Lampard has like a multi-year plan on how to get us back to to competitive with you know the top teams in Europe. But the the thing that kind of stands out for me it's that it's Lampard and Peter Cech, right? These two guys were part of the greatest kind of era in Chelsea Football Club from the early to to the 2012s, early 2000s to 2012, right? Those guys had a core of players. Like we always had, whether we sign new players or not, the same six, seven names were starting year in, year out, what, no matter who the managers were. And on top of that, the players we were bringing in were guys that were to their level, if not arguably better, yet those guys rose to the occasion. So I think that Lampard is, and, and the club now who's bought into this, is trying to build not only a kind of backbone foundation of, of young, talented players, but also saying, if you're not ready to compete with your own teammates and, and get better, like Drogba had to do, like Lampard had to do when Balak came in, like, hell, Terry had to, he was partnered with Carvalho. We brought in Alex. We brought in David Luiz. We brought in Cahill. We brought, Ivanovic could play in the middle. I mean, the list goes on. These guys had to earn their spot week in and week out. And if you don't have that sort of winning mentality and, and kind of grow as a player when that happens, then you might not make it here. That, and, and I think that my, this little theory of mine is, is strengthened by the fact that Lampard didn't tell Tammy we were signing Werner. Like on purpose, like psychologically speaking, Lampard didn't want to tell Tammy so that he would see it in the papers to see how Tammy reacted in practice. Like that's factual, apparently. Uh, the Athletic came out and said that. Much like how Drogba had to react when Shevchenko was signed. Like he wants to kind of light a fire in these guys' ass after a season where there was no other options to, hey, there are plenty of options here. And if we're going to be at the level of City and and your Bayerns and Real Madrids, you guys better try to earn your spot week in and week out. You, you brought up Tammy. Um, this leads us to an, the next question. At uh, This is from at Nacho Fuentes. Shout out to Venezuela. Uh, <laughs> he asks, what's your ideal formation and lineup with the new additions? So obviously Tammy coming in. Uh, there's going to be competition for that striker position, or we could line up with a four-four-two, or we could have Werner play as a winger. What do you guys think? What is your ideal starting eleven? I- I'll go first if you guys want. Um, yeah, go first. So, I I was struggling with the formation, um, but I think I picked my eleven of what I think will be our best eleven, and that is. Uh, Werner and Tammy, and I, I, I for this I put a four four two. Um, Werner and Tammy. Four four two. Yeah. Um, with Werner and Tammy up top, Pulisic, Ziyech on the sides, uh, on, on the pretty much is left forward, right forward, or winger, or whatever. Uh, Kova and uh, Angolo Conte uh, as the you know the back two midfielders, box to box, and uh, back four of Dave, Rudiger, Tomori, and Reese James. Um, so, uh, th- those are my, oh, and then also Keppa and goal. <laughs> um, yeah. so those are my 11. Um, obviously, uh, I think the ones that are for sure going to be in there, Ziek, Werner, Tammy, Ngolo Conte, 
Um, and I think is Kovacic at this point a lock for our best eleven? I'm not sure. I think hundred percent. I think he's he our is. best player this season. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I think he yeah. is, but I think there's still uh, a lot of things that you could do to our starting eleven that include RLC or maybe a Mason Mount or something like that. That maybe co- or obviously Jorginho I haven't even brought up that might be like even better than this. But yeah, um, who would you say was your left back song? I had Dave. Dave, okay. Yeah, so obviously the Dave, Reese James, Tamori, and Rudiger, these four are not locks. I think Reese James is a lock at right back, but yeah, uh, yeah. as yeah. far as like the center backs, obviously, and then Dave, um, there's a lot to be accounted for as far as like you know the, the remaining transfers to be done the rest of the season and what happens, yeah. uh, you know, for the rest of this season as far as like play, uh, our own play, but um, yeah, I mean. What what do you guys think? Your thoughts? Any any additional changes you'll make? Uh, I mean, I guess I'll go with the four four two theme. Um, I went with a four four two diamond, and this is after I changed my formation about five or six times, and because I realized that you know with the additions of Werner and Ziyech, we could literally play any formation um, we wanted, um, especially with our depth at center back. But I went four four two diamond. Um, Keppa in goal. I had Dave out on the left. I chose the Zuma and Fikayo Tomori as my center backs because as of right now, um, they have been our best partnership this season. Um, even though we haven't seen it, seen them play for a while, but um, you know, in the early going, when we hit that early run and we were banging in goals and playing well, those were our center backs. Um, so I went with them too. And then Reese James, obviously on the right. Um, I made my midfield assuming Jorginho and Conte are gone. Um, so I have a uh, midfield three of Billy, obviously in the middle, uh, Kovacic and Mount. RLC is the odd man out here for one reason only is because Frank Lampard, um, he loves Mason Mount's work rate in that midfield. And I think if you don't have a Conte in that, in that three, you need Mason Mount in there, um, just because you need the mobility. Um, and then I had Ziyech playing the number 10 and Tammy and Timo up top. Now, Andres, hear me out on this. I'm going to tell you why this is the best formation because this can easily be adapted into, no, no, listen, reaction. I'm sorry. No, no, no. (laughs) This could easily be adapted into a four, three, three. If ZH pulls out wide. Right. Okay. All right. And Werner, obviously on the other side. And Werner, obviously on the other side. Exactly. Right. Now we have a like for like substitution for ZH. In not one but two players, we have RLC who could play the number 10 role very effectively. I still think, you know, he's more useful as an eight, playing a little deeper, running in between the lines. Um, But then we also have Christian Pulisic who could play the number 10. Now, for whoever hasn't watched the United States national team play, and if you haven't, I don't blame you because it's been pretty terrible. Um, Pulisic, he's been our number 10. And... When he plays in the middle of the pitch and occupies that space, he turns into a completely different player. So, like we've seen, we've seen him coming off the left and doing really well, but we've seen most of his success on the left-hand side when he's tucked into the middle. So, I think him being a like-for-like substitution for Ziyech is just mouthwatering. And I actually almost put Pulisic in over Ziyech, um, but I held myself back. So, <laughs> and you almost uh, put Billy in. Over in Golo Conte. Oh wait, you did. 
No, I, I, I told you. <laughs> I, I made this assuming that Jorginho and Conte are gone. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going with a totally different formation. And my – I hate this because three, I really four, wanted it to yeah, – No, <laughs> not a chance. I really wanted to go 4-3-3, but based on our current – new or not current, but rumored signings that are coming, um, 4-2-3-1 was the best period of our season so far was under the 4-2-3-1. Obviously, recently we've been switching back to 4-3-3, but I go – same back line as, as all of you, because I don't trust Emerson or Alonso at left back. So Dave in the left, Zuma and Vikayo Tomori in the middle, and Reese James on the right. Reese James is obviously – that one's just a lock. But I I was trying to figure out whether I'd do Christensen and Zuma or, or anything like that. But Zuma and Christensen both like to be like the recovery guy in a way. Like Zuma, more because he's physical and he can kind of bully people out of the ball – while Christensen reads the game and kind of sweeps back. So I don't want to have two center backs that do the same thing. And again, Fikayo Tomori and Zuma just kind of worked the best so far. It seemed the most natural. Um, then my midfield two in the pivot are Kovacic and Conte. Um, I don't think we need that much creativity in our double pivot. If anything, we just need somebody to get the ball forward. And Conte can go back to just passing the ball short to Kovacic the way he did with Sesk at one point and let Kovacic either dribble or, or find the next pass. Just kind of simple things down for Conte, let him go back to like the destroyer that he is. And then you have a front four with Tammy up top, Werner on the left, and then you technically have Ziyech behind the striker, but him and Pulisic, who is lined up on the right, have freedom to flip-flop their roles. Ah. So you can uh -huh. have... Ziyech and Pulisic switch depending on the, the way we're playing so that Ziyech can cut into his left foot from the outside or Pulisic can whip a ball in curling away from the keeper from the right side. So that's why I went with that formation. It does leave, leave uh, Mason Mount out. It does leave RLC out. But like you mentioned, Mount can come in for Ziyech if we need to be, you know, I, I mean, Ziyech presses, but if we want to really press, you can put Mount in. Or if you're lacking in size, you can take out Kovacic or Conte for RLC. Or hell, yeah. you can even put RLC at the 10. So, yeah, at this point, because we haven't seen RLC in a while, as much as I love him and I believe in him, I don't think he starts today. But he does have a couple of games this season to change our minds. So, yeah, 4-2-3-1 for me. Andres, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to earmark this podcast forever mm -hmm. because uh, – you co-signed the four-two-three-one for the first time ever. Oh, it sucks. I honestly, <laughs> I I rather have the four-three-three, but it's just based on like today, like yeah. regard, like today's what we know today in form. RLC's just now back. Cho has not been in form. Like yeah. Kovacic has to play. At the end of the day, I I still can't bench Conte, and that that was the one thing that I was really struggling with. Like I can't bench Conte because I still think that the Conte we had under Conte is still there somewhere. So until Conte and and Jorginho per se leave, I'm not switching back to to the four three three. Zach, if 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 we if what you said actually happens and we get rid of both Angolo Conte and Jorginho. Then we're for sure gonna have enough money to buy J Jaden Sancho. Like 
100 <laughs> percent like well we can buy two of them probably with the, well well, well that's the thing plus them. It, it's not going to be money um if we if we get rid of Jorginho, the only team that wants him is juve and juve has to do a player swap they just don't have cash so mm. i i've seen douglas costa's name get floated around and to be honest with you that doesn't bother me um if we can get like a douglas costa maybe like another 20 30 on the side that'd be really nice highly doubt that'll happen but you know i don't do, know do uh do a Jorginho for alexandro and some cash i mean that's what we've wanted for a perfect the world yeah in a perfect world <laughs> it would be a transfer that's like five years late but uh, yeah that should have been summer of 2016 that'll kill two birds with one stone it'll it'll de- decongest our midfield a little bit like the pecking order and address yeah. that left back position but it's uh that's probably not gonna happen as much as i yeah. would love that but um all right, well, my question yeah. Uh-huh. My question to you guys, um, something we didn't talk about, you know, I, I think we covered the whole Timo Tammy thing pretty well, but the fact that we re-signed Giroud um, to another year extension, is it, do you guys think that's a sign that um, that either one, Timo's not going to play up the middle or Timo's always going to be playing with a strike partner? Because to me, you know, the combination of Timo Werner playing with either Tammy Abraham or Olivier Giroud is almost ideal. It's almost something that he's used to at Leipzig right. with uh, with Eunice Poulsen. Uh, not even just Eunice Poulsen. Patrick Schick does the same Patrick thing. Patrick Schick has been doing it, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, I think – I don't think Werner's addition affects the amount of playing time Giroud is getting. Like, I really don't think – obviously, it means that bye-bye Mishi. Like, enjoy your – the remainder of the Premier League season because there's zero chance he comes back. Like mm-hmm. that's the one thing the Werner signing does. Like there won't be a Mishi. Like that's why we have Bro is it Broja or Broja? I don't know how to say it properly, but mm-hmm. he'll become the quote unquote third striker, more like fourth, because the pecking order will then be Tammy, Werner, Giroud. But again, I really don't think like you said, they'll play in tandem one way or another. I think rarely we'll see Werner be the only striker on the pitch, like natural striker. But yeah, Mishi's Mishi's future has been settled by both the Giroud extension and the addition of Werner. It's funny how you said the Broja Broja kind of thing, like you don't know how to pronounce it. Like that's how I felt with Tino and Andrew, and I thought it was Anjorin, like some Dutch name. I honestly don't even know how to say it correctly. Is, at this is, point. It, is there a J in in Dutch? Like, yeah, yeah, it's like the yes. there is a J. Yeah, yeah, but they make like a yes. yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying like the sound. Like I don't man, think they like, pronounce it like J. I think it's more. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like je, I thought yeah. it was, or well, it's like like look at Van Dyke. Isn't there a J and Dyke? Am I? Am, yeah, am I, yeah, there it is. is. Yeah, and then like uh, Schneider. Schneider also has a J in it. Am I? Is that Wesley Schneider? Oh, I see yeah. where you were getting at then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it makes sense. So uh, makes sense. Uh, yeah, I'm cultured, Zach. Um, yeah, I love culture. <laughs> uh, so we, we mentioned this earlier, but he uh, penned a five-year extension to remain at the club until 2025. Um, I'm excited to. See, I think he'll for sure get some runs in the in the next uh, in the first couple matches. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna be exciting to see uh, what he does with our first squad because um, you know he played against Grimm's grimsby which was like well seven no win like some blowout like you know yep. a lot of, so it wasn't our first squad but um i'm interested i'm excited to see 
what happens. We we've already talked about him a little bit, so um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add or if we can just move on to the last couple Twitter questions. Uh, okay, let's just move on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, here's the thing: we don't know we don't know much about him besides the fact that we saw like a, a brief glimpse of him and we liked what we saw. So, oh, wait, Zach, you have the same question about Lampard's tactical plans, and it says that Ron asked it, but earlier it says Enward asked it. Do you remember who actually oh. asked it? Give credit to both, and let's yeah. go on to the next one. Um, I just want—I wanted to give credit to where it's due. But here's here's another question from Ron, though. He said, "How excited were you all to see Pulisic in the ten shirt in practice uh, during the inter-squad friendly over the weekend?" Actually, um, who knows? Is that is that a thing? Uh, <laughs> is that a, a thing for times to come? But or is that just you know a temporary um, thing? I think like the you know how like. Some people are just attached to a number. Maybe Ziek just like called Pulisic and was like, "Look, man, they want to give me the ten, but like twenty-two is mine. Like I, that is me. Like I am number twenty-two. So <laughs> why don't you take this measly number ten that doesn't mean anything, and you let me take number twenty-two? That's or it's just the fact that they wanted different numbers. I don't know. I mean, Williams leaving no matter what, so the, the shirt's open." Um, it would make my current Pulisic jersey be worthless, but I'd be okay with it. <laughs> and maybe that was just really good foresight by Pulisic to pick 22, knowing that they were going to get Ziek and he would want 22. <laughs> and it's like, hey, I guess I'll have to wear the 10 after, you know, there's nothing I can do. It's like, oh, man, I got to wear the number 10? <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, I, it, I'm not going to lie, guys. It did get me a little bit excited, but th- that's America, just baby. my – it's just my American bias, man. Like he he's been our number ten, so it's it's not weird to see him wearing it, you know. In the same color, t- in the same colors too, right? Like right. I don't know the white jersey, right? I don't know. I I, I don't want to speculate too much into it, but you know, yeah, I I just don't want to speculate because honestly, there's four or five guys in our squad that could wear the number ten, and 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 it would be like you know, okay, yeah. Great, great insight, Zach. Yeah, very good insight. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, what else is there to say about that? You know, it's just... I know we just need we just needed to say that on the pod that Pulisic wore the number ten because we're American. Yeah, of course we did. Of course uh, we did. All right, let's go to the the last question. This is from Nick Lenartson. I mean, what would a podcast be without a question from Nick Lenartson? Um, not not just one question, some. Yeah, he has a couple, but I only see one here. Um, <laughs> But yeah, with the the other ones, we've we've already we've already answered. But he says to rank your rumors and uh, pro- as like a probability one to ten. Those are his rankings, by yeah, the way. Yeah. So he lists Werner, Havertz, Chilwell, and Tagliofico. He put an eight on Timo Werner. <laughs> he's not he's not 100 sold yet. Two on Havertz, three on Chilwell, seven on Tagliofico. I think he also is on the the camp that. Havertz is probably going to Bayern, and he thinks Jane Sancho is also going to Man United. Um, so, I mean, for me, I think Werner is a t- is a nine or a ten. It's probably a, it's a ten for me, like as far as probability, right? Not how hard it gets you, how the, the probability. <laughs> oh, the probability. Okay, the yeah, probability. nine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was a little confused by the question. Right, what do you guys think? Um, look. 
I'm I'm spot on with Nick. For me, I it, it's an eight with Timo Werner. Andres? Uh, I'm a ten. This is done. Yeah. You think Legalities. I, I need to see him in the kit or or holding up the kit. Dude, I, I don't think I, this is like the first time where I really just believe the rumors. I like they're usually there. There's like oh something is stalling, something is being monitored. Like, dude, people are even like I said, the the sporting directors are even getting involved. Like it's done. Like I really think it's done. So dude. for me, Werner ten. Havertz, uh, five. I'm like in the middle. I'm uh, smack down the middle. Havertz, yeah, yeah, me too. I'm like right now, two just for don't sure. know. There's we a don't lot know of smoke. Anything. There's a lot yeah. of smoke. Like, I don't know, I don't know why, but there's lots of smoke. And the the Leverkusen <laughs> sports director said it. And where there's smoke, there's fire. Yep. And I'm just, I'm a five. Um. Chilwell, sadly, I'm more of a seven than a three. Nick, I'm sorry, man. I just, for some reason, his name won't go away. And unlike Wilfred Zaha, this one seems a lot more believable. I don't know, man. I don't feel good about Chilwell's trick. Only based on the first two purchases we made this summer, it doesn't make sense to sign Chilwell for that money after signing Werner and Ziyech for for, for those prices. Chilwell will effectively be as expensive as 25 goals and eight assists in 30 matches. I, dude, I don't know. I think Chilwell's like, if if Chilwell isn't the guy, it's because we failed to get him. Like, I still think Chilwell is option number one. I also think we're the only people going in for Chilwell too. Uh, City, City was linked to him this week. Oh, thank God. That'd be nice. <laughs> Hi yeah, Jack. I want so him. The thing, the crazy thing for me is that it's Chilwell is option number one, and then Lester wants to replace him with Tagliafico. Like, <laughs> okay, so we're gonna pay. Like, the, that's the one thing that would bug me is like if we pay 50, 60 mil for Chilwell just for them to like profit and get Tagliafico for twenty. But that's the thing. Like, and here's my logic: if Lester go ahead and do that deal, Lester are basically getting a player just as good, if not better, in my opinion, better. And they're putting in fifty million in their pocket. So why should we take this player off their hands for them for that cost? You know what I, I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I again, Tagliafico is good. I can't say I've watched as much of him as I've watched of Chilwell, but we are trying to build like an offensive juggernaut. Like I really do think that at this point, Lampard, by the fact that we haven't linked a single goalkeeper or center back this so far in the past, yeah. we've been months, linked. We've been linked weird. to that Turkish goalkeeper I never heard of. That was the first time I saw it, but yeah. at the same time. But like, it happened once. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like That's one random one. name. So I'm thinking that Lampard's going to try to win every game by with four goals on the board. And I think Chilwell moving forward is really good. So I yeah. get it. It's just like it's hard to swallow that price tag. Very, very hard to swallow that price tag. Almost impossible. We paid that much for Murata. <laughs> like – I don't know. I cannot. I can't justify paying that much for a for a left back that I can't look at and definitively say he's world class because I can't with Chilwell. It's just been he's just been too up and down this season. But then again, I mean, I've I've been a hater since since, since his name started getting linked with us <laughs> last summer. So I, I I've just never been sold on the guy. If you're gonna go spend fifty million on any defender, a center back, right back, left back, whatever, they need. For that money, they need to be 
world class, if not borderline world class. I don't think Chilwell is there yet. I think Tagliafico is a lot closer. But for the price we're getting Tagliafico, you're not getting a world class player. You're just getting a really good one at a really good price. It's it's just smart business. I don't know. By I'm so way, torn about that, this. That question was uh, from Enward. No, Ron. Uh, <laughs> shout out Enward. Shout out to Ron too, though. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Ron. Shout yeah. out to all of our LA people. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I mean, guys, that kind of brings us to the end of this this week's show. Um, I'm sure going into next week, there's going to be a lot more rumors, um, hopefully an announcement, official announcement that we can talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, besides that, um, as we said, you know, in the beginning of the podcast, um, Sam was the one that mentioned it. Um, it's something that we feel very strongly about, and I think we could all, all three of us could agree on um, – that you know, throughout this quarantine season of the last three, four months, um, we've all taken a step back and reflected, and uh, hopefully we can make the world a better place overall. And that starts with the return of football. So um, until next week, keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>